Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Up and Chill podcast with me, your host, Mario Gell. Um, I am recording this on video, so you'll see my face and my lovely guest today, somebody who I consider family. We've only really hung out, well, I'd say like three times, four times. Um, and I consider her family. I, I always call her sister. Love her very much. Erica Nelson out of Crested Butte. My BFF homie. What's up, Erica? Hi, Mario. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this thank is long, you. Also, long. Go ahead. Thank you. Love you. You're like yeah. a brother to me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And this is long overdue. Um, you did have me on your podcast, which I love your podcast. So for those that don't know, Erica Nelson, she uh, hosts the Awkward Angler podcast. She also guides out of uh, Crested Butte, Colorado. Uh, for fly fishing trips, float trips, drinking trips. <laughs> Those cruises are welcome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, we met through Brown Folks Fishing, um, I'd say probably six years ago, I, I think, um, through our family. And uh, with that, we've just, you know, got to know each other over the years and bonded in many ways. You visited me and I visited you. Um, yep. So. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. So if you haven't listened to her podcast, make sure you check it out. I'll be sure to add her um, uh, links to her podcast in, uh, in the show notes. And man, that episode we did, uh, it was yeah. intense. <laughs> it was intense. Thank you. And that was really such a good episode. And yeah, just talking about your mental health and how much fly fishing means to you and, you know, how it saved your life. And I think that really hit a lot of people too. So just appreciate you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that too. And like, you know, I wanted to mention one thing, you know, you're so articulate with your words and you're so able to, you, you interview people so well and you come up with just great questions. And, um, I feel like you have this level of intellect that I wish I had, <laughs> but so obviously I would say that comes with, 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 with your upbringing and your, in possibly your education and such, but you know, I just wanted to kind of ask you, you know, like where, where, where do you feel you get that skill set? Like, you know, to get yourself out there, start interviewing people, you know, write articles. I've read stuff you've written. Um, you just have like this, like I said, it's a, a really good way to explain how you're feeling and talk. And, and that's why you get paid. I think what you do. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's actually really uh, nice to hear because um I, I don't know if it, I can attribute that to my upbringing or education. It's just kind of how I am. I love, it just seems like I, and no matter who I'm with, like, I'm not much of a small talker. I hate the like, Hey, how are you? Good. You know, like, I really want to know how you're doing. Right. And I kind of don't hold back of like where I'm at. <laughs> I think that's why I'm so open, you know, on my Instagram and social media, just because it's so relatable to people and very, I like to kind of be more authentic. And so I'm not much of a small talker and I would be in conversations with really cool people. And I'm like, what would happen if I just hit a record button, you know, and just have this regular conversation that I typically do in my everyday life if I could. <laughs> and so, um, and I think people are fascinating. I love meeting new people and just kind of getting into their heads and asking questions and, it kind of had me falling into this like professional realm of um 
learning and development and also facilitation. So, you know, really kind of leading with curiosity is kind of my, my (laughs) go-to and, you know, I've also like loved writing. I don't know it's good to hear that people like it because I don't know if I'm good at it or not, but just I have all these thoughts and just how do I organize them and get them out? So I like to write a lot. So I've been kind of getting into more and more of that lately of just spending some time every day writing. So <laughs> that's awesome. And I think like when we first met, um, you, you, I really always appreciated your just straightforwardness in conversations we'd had with like our crew and like mm-hmm. uh, in our BFF, like um, group, group chat and stuff. And then when I met you, when you came to Quincy, I was just like, oh, my God, I love her. She's so funny. And you're just straight to the point. And <laughs> like you said, in your in your in your, um, you know, in your social media presence and your your presence as a guide and a you know, uh, a, a guide in where you live and where you've come from, you're very open about your feelings of the, of the industry of the fly fishing industry. And, you know, I'm going to uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but part of what your, 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 your career has been is educating companies on more or less what the Brown folks fishing, like, like group does like, mm-hmm. you know, inclusion, how to, how to like, um, acknowledge how things are being misrepresented or see, and this is where yeah. I struggle with these words. So <laughs> no, I know, no, if yeah. you wouldn't mind just like kind of filling in my listeners on, you know, what, what you've done in that, in the outdoor industry and what you, if you are still currently in that role. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And um, I think, you know, this kind of starts back from the observation of the fly fishing community. I am a self-taught angler. I learned in Wyoming, um, you know, based off of YouTube, you know, it's kind of funny. I think I learned, you know, off of videos by Pete Kutzer and Tom Rosenbauer, and it was kind of a trip of being able to fish with them last year <laughs> and, That's so you sick. know, to be, yeah, to be able to go to Tom's house and like hang out. And I'm like, wow, this is the guy that like taught me so much, you know, when I was, you know, in the middle of Wyoming, trying to download the YouTube video, um, it's kind of come full circle, but you know, before that, I would just kind of observe of, you know, who's being represented, like whose video is popping up, whose content's popping up. And it always just seemed like almost unattainable, like to be able to go out and fly fish. And it was really intimidating because it was a lot of white old dudes, you know, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, sometimes I didn't feel 100% comfortable of just asking anybody and everybody, or I didn't have you know, it's a lot of money to also to hire a guide. So that was kind of a barrier for me as well. And the equipment, the gear and all the stuff. And so, you know, I thought what's like a way of just getting into it, the easiest, fastest way. And to me, that was, you know, self teaching and also having access to free gear. And that was with the company that I was in. And so the more and more that I got into it, I ended up finding a fly fishing mentor, um, and also meeting guides on Tinder helped. And so (laughs) (laughs) like traveling and learning from different people. And, and the more and more that I got into the industry, I felt really uncomfortable, like at the boat ramp, I'm like, Hey, I would tell my friend that I was with of like, is it just me or people staring? Like, have they never seen like, not only a woman, but like a woman of color at the boat ramp, you know, like backing up a trailer. It seemed like everyone would just stop what they were doing. And like, (laughs) You know, it's already kind of stressful learning how to back up a trailer, but then to have like everybody watching and like making comments and whispering or laughing, I was also a little self-conscious and just trying to build up my confidence. And so, um, you know, I also was like, there's times and situations where I didn't feel safe. I did face, unfortunately, a lot of like 
um, discrimination, you know, a lot of like sexism also and some racial incidents that had happened, you know, in rural Wyoming. And I also was wondering, hey, is anybody else experiencing this? And also, is there anybody else wanting to learn how to fly fish? And I think this all starts when I started my Awkward Angler Instagram account. It was kind of a space for me to kind of vent to these things that I was observing <laughs> and mm-hmm. asking also, reaching out, is anybody else experiencing this? You know, and so it was, you know, so I kind of started the name Awkward Angler. Um, one, I love alliteration. Two, I think that it was kind of like a double meaning of it's really awkward to learn how to fly fish. I didn't realize how common it was to like get tangled, get it stuck in a tree and how often you actually don't catch fish when you're starting out. And so um, (laughs) all of these things like slipping on rocks, falling in, you know, Mm -hmm. all this stuff is so weird and um, getting the vest, getting the waders, like everything is just so awkward the first time, you know? And so then I'm like, also, you know, on top of that, it's also weird being this like minority in this area, you know, and not only this area of Wyoming, but also in this industry. And so it's really awkward to talk about and point out these observations that I was seeing. And so yeah. um, anyway, I say that just to kind of like give, you know, understanding of where my name Awkward Angler comes from. And I still very much stand on that. And then the more and more that I got in, involved in the industry, you know, I'm like, instead of like fishing for answers, you know, it's like I'm fishing for equity. <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like the industry has caught it yet. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of like fake allyship or, you know, performative kind of allyship kind of happening. And so um, it was just kind of me pointing out. And that's when Brown Folks Fishing and I partnered officially. Um, I founded Real Consulting, which stands for Reconcile, Evolve, Advance, and Lead. Um, We help guide individuals and organizations towards racial equity and inclusion. And so we decided to partner with Brown Folks Fishing officially (laughs) and uh, start this thing called the Angling for All Pledge. So just before the murder of George Floyd, you know, in 2019, um, I was starting to work with a lot of organizations and outdoor professionals of like, you know, racial equity and what does this mean? And then once kind of this murder of George Floyd happened, it was... wasn't expecting to get emotional there. <laughs> so oh. it was this like companies that like cared about you know, this thing that was happening in our national discourse, these things and the conversations that were happening, but they didn't know where to channel their energy. They didn't know how to talk about it. And, you know, it was like, I come from a good heart, I care, but I don't know where to start this conversation or where to lead my team in this effort of what's happening right now. And so we ended up creating this gateway and this bridge to be able to start those conversations. If you have, you know, never talked about your own, you know, identity, <laughs> whatever that looks like, or if you've never been in a space um, that was created for you to be able to vent and ask questions. And so that's kind of what the Ingling for All Pledge is, is this like nice um, putting down a barrier for everyone to be able to have these frank and honest conversations about, um, you know, about race and identity and how that fits into the outdoor industry, specifically the fly fishing industry. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've been working with a lot of different brands. Um, the first to sign was Orvis, which was really special, <laughs> considering that's also the company I learned how to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've also kind of had my own perception of them of being like this new england kind of old school (laughs) you know like oh yeah (laughs) like wearing the ridiculous outfits and and, Mm -hmm. you know all this stuff and so 
it was really cool to work with them, you know, Patagonia, um, Noah, um, and just kind of, you know, United Women on the Fly and all these other brands started kind of signing on. And it's been a really special time and relationship that I've built with each one of those um, companies and brands. And so that still is continuing. Um, you know, I definitely had some life setbacks <laughs> that <laughs> has kind of stopped some of that, but I'm excited to start getting getting back into work and and seeing what's next for, for these folks. That experience you just shared right now about you know, backing up at the launch ramp and people just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it, not a lot of people encounter that, you know, and and mm-hmm. and for yeah. you, I could see how that might have been very intimidating for you. And it's just these people are lucky to have you around to to be able to do <laughs> thank that. Thank you. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, thank you. Yeah. It was, was one of those things where like I, you know, would go with like a, a white man, right? A white guy and like, everyone's just kind of nonchalantly like just minding their own business rigging up you know like getting their boat ready and just kind of not looking up not paying attention and then it just you know that I was like is this in my head that people are staring at me and so I I literally like would plant friends of like stand in this bush and like watch you know just like observe everybody but me and it was like every time they're like yeah yeah they're like it's not in your head it's actually happening you know and so it was affirmed and confirmed and it was just so wild and you know it still happens sometimes I, I live in another small town and there's only um I think um I might be wrong now but from to my knowledge there's three female guides now in in the area that I live in so mm-hmm. it's not it's it's just not common to see you know and mm-hmm. that also doesn't help that I spray painted my um rod holders um bright hot pink so they now <laughs> know who's on the river <laughs> I love it <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, yeah, yeah I, it, it's funny that you just said that, too, because, I, I, you know, this is something I don't I, I encounter it so much. And now I, I feel like it, things have changed a lot for me in my area that I guide. But um, mm-hmm. I, that planting somebody like I swear, I was like, I wish I could just have somebody over here. You know, yeah, I wish I had the camera. Have- so, yeah, somebody just kind of see like what it is actually like, like it's 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 a little different. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine, you know, where you're at, um, obviously, fly fishing roots, they're pretty strong. And and um, so tell me about like, y- you know, your journey. You've had a lot of people support you. And like there I met your I can't remember his name, your boy out there in Crested Butte. He's um, Mason. Yeah. Here, homie. Probably, yeah. He's, yeah <laughs> he's awesome and um and then also you you were you were basically supported in your journey by a, a big group of people who helped educate you in in, in the guiding space right and mm-hmm. it, can you tell us about that journey and like how you found the group that sure. was basically like helping get you started and move in that direction yeah i mean i had some really i met some i met a lot of people in wyoming um i utilize my online resources there uh, as mentioned tinder and, uh, <laughs> i you know i found a fly fishing mentor who was like much older he was like i don't know 65 when we met and we had a we had a, so much fun together um you know he taught he, he took me on like my first overnight fly fishing float trip was the South Fork of the um, Snake River. It's kind of like on the Idaho border. And that was like life-changing. And I learned how to fly fish from a boat. And so whenever I, um, so my whole experience in Wyoming was float fishing. And so when I left Wyoming to move to Colorado, I was so excited that I live in this area. But then I also kind of had this moment of like, 
oh, they got a weed now like you know I'm, like, I'm a banky now like you know so, so funny it was so pissed of like this is so different you know yeah. and like kind of took me back to the very very early stages of like learning how to wade and walk in a river and like slipping and falling and I felt myself more frustrated and I'm like man I just can't get that cast you know I love these like you know, hero cast, that's kind of my thing. And you can do that in a drift boat, you know, but when you're on the shore, there's like trees and stuff behind you and it's like, oh, so frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was an interesting like transition to like start waiting here in Colorado and ended up finding a friend um, on Instagram. Um, This guy messaged me and I get a lot of messages on Instagram and I don't read into them, you know, like as far as any windows or anything, it's just straight up message i'd say um most of my male friends are are probably married and that's my fishing buddy as well and so it was just kind of this like hey i see that you're in crested butte you fly fish how about we go fishing um he has access to this like private um lake called grant lake um it's like only a homeowner's area and it's like right next to the mount crested butte it's beautiful and so i'm like yeah i want access to that and so (laughs) he ends up like he's like great i'll come pick you up what's your address we're totally next door neighbors. That's <laughs> so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and him and I just had like a blast. Uh, he's so much fun to fish with. And his wife is awesome. She's a chiropractor here in town and mm-hmm. um, just kind of like made immediate, really good friends with both of them. And I think that they're, I just think the world of them because they've been there for me. You know, his family lives here and anytime I need something, you know, they're there. Um, his parents bring me meals when I'm sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's uh, really great to meet some awesome people. Um, yeah. And he's also a great fishing buddy and that he'll run over with the net if I need, you know, he'll take <laughs> all the photos and, you know, just has a good time. And it's never competitive. It's just always fun. You know, we're always rooting for each other of whoever catches like either the most or the most beautiful or the biggest, you know, it's kind of one of those like those hype people, you know, and yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so much fun. And, um, you know, then I kind of started getting more and more involved in, in the community. And, and, um, I used to go to this fly shop. Um, I've tried the two fly shops here in town and kind of got weird vibes, like not really positive vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime I asked questions, they would kind of like, you could just tell that they were like reluctant to answer or like just kind of fed me bullshit. And mm-hmm. so I ended up finding this fly shop in Almont, Colorado, which is between Crested Butte and Gunnison. And it's called Willow Fly Anglers. And the what, what is that? Manager, Sorry, one more time. Sorry. It's called oh, what? Willow Willow Fly Anglers. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. And they're attached to this resort called Three Rivers Resort. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have like cabins, they do whitewater rafting, they do fly fishing, and it's they have like this little barbecue smokehouse and stuff and like a bar and grill. Oh, whoa. And yeah, it's 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 pretty sweet. It's a pretty mm-hmm. sweet area. And it's kind of tucked away. So like if you're not paying attention and driving, you know, to and from Gunnison and Crested Butte, you can kind of miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like this really cool old fly shop with this like really kind of funny looking fish um like this huge fish like on the side of the the building there and I thought this is kind of like a quirky place (laughs) and so um I ended up meeting Patrick who's the outfitting manager there and he was just so like he was the only person that I met that worked at a fly shop that was like so friendly and just like 
didn't care who I was, you know, mm-hmm. didn't know who I was and was just like so excited. I was just getting out fishing. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, I, I would stop there often and, you know, he would start to get to know me and ask me questions. And, you know, I was still kind of in this like learning phase of fly fishing. And, you know, um, he would say like, oh, do you know about like this knot, you know, or how about this rig setup? You know, I use this rig setup at the catch and release on the tailor. Let me show you how I do it, you know? And it was like, so interesting how he just kind of like, brought me in and, you know, just taught me all these awesome things about, you know, technical things about fly fishing and specifically to the area. And so whenever he kind of like told me that he hosts a fly fishing guide school, I was like, if I'm going to learn how to do this, I want to learn how to do it right. And I think this is the place to do it. Mm -hmm. And so he was kind of my plug into the guiding area and he's pretty well respected. People like him. He's such a good guy Mm -hmm. um, that I think I picked the right place. And they're one of the oldest um, established like um, outfitters. And so they have a lot of permits, a lot of access. And so I thought, yeah, if I wanted to guide, it would be through them. And so that's kind of how that journey ended up there. So now I guide for Willow Fly Anglers. <laughs> oh, that's so rad. And I've been wanting to ask you about this for a while. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to buy Patrick a beer for taking care of my homie. <laughs> like, yeah, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. And I in and, and that experience that you had and how, you know, you can tell it was very um, it was very uh, um, positive for you to go into this fly shop. And the guy's just like, what's up? You know, yeah. and you know how you said that like you went into another fly shop and there was like reluctancy from that fly shop to engage with you and talk to mm-hmm. you like that's not that's just a natural feeling. Like if you walk into a room, you can tell when people don't want to vibe with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, it's, we feel each other as human beings. It's not just yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, man, these people are sensitive. No, dude. I walked into this fly shop and these dudes were assholes. Like, yeah. I'm not going to I don't want to go in there. I want to walk into a place where it's cool and people are like, what's up, man? How you doing? What's your name? Or blah, blah, blah. Or, hey, if I ask a question and I don't and, and then they make me feel like an asshole because I asked that question. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, dude. How many? I mean, it's happened to me. It happened to me all the time when I was a kid in skate shops, you mm-hmm. know, and then I'd find the skate shop that I finally vibed with. And it was just like, oh, sick. OK. And, it, and then it yeah. translated over to fly fishing. And it was just like, whoa, this is the same vibe, you know, yeah. you get. And so to, to, I don't get it. Yeah. It's like basic customer service. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here to, to give lacking. you guys possibly all of my money. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give you tons of money. I just want to say hi and like, right. you know, maybe buy a hat, maybe buy a leader, maybe buy a bobber, maybe buy a fly. I don't know. But sometimes <laughs> these people, they're behind the counter. They're like, here's my license to be a dick. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. I, and, and I'm, with fly shops is I have this like love hate thing. I have a fly shop out here that I go into. I, we don't have any where I live basically and where I guide. Um, there's a few that I love and I always talk about, but um, you know, it, it is something that I'm trying to do more on the road. I want to go into more fly shops and just kind of do that thing. Like you walk in, see what the vibe's yeah. like. Um, there mm-hmm. was one in Gunnison. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, is Gunnison the city? I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just like, okay, Might be yeah. Venison fly shop, maybe. Yeah. And, and the guy was super cool with us. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, this is, this guy's super rad, you know? And yeah. I spent, we spent like 80, 100 bucks, you know? And, um, but just to hear that story, how Patrick was cool with you and then offer that, that, that opportunity and how you felt like, oh, okay, well, if I'm going to do a guide class, and I think this is something for people who are getting into fly fishing 
and um you know want to pursue it a guide class is a great way to do i i never did it myself i i, I felt like i kind of had a guide class with the guide yeah. already but i was lucky and i was so lucky to have a friend who was a guide and he taught me everything mm. you know some things he didn't teach me but most things he did I, and it's a great introduction and a great way to move in that direction so yeah. 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 I think that also kind of going back to the fly shop, I think you're talking about Gunnison in the fly shop and Dave is the owner. He's, mm -hmm. I think he's a retired cop, but like, he's pretty cool. Like I walked in and I was on this like no local, like magazine, whatever. And he just got done reading it. And he looked up at me and was like, are you the awkward angler? I just read about you. <laughs> so, oh, cool. Cool. And then he like gives me discounts on flies because I guide here. So, oh, he's that's sweet. rad. Yeah, he's cool. I like running into him, you know, at all like the fly trade shows and stuff. And he's a good guy. He's a good dude. Um, and, you know, with guiding, like I've been guiding, you know, over 10 years, whether it's backpacking or rock climbing or mm -hmm. whitewater or whatever. Um, but I just didn't really have that confidence in fly fishing because, you mm -hmm. know, I was self-taught. And so um, I found the guide school amazingly like just so informative you know and luckily I already kind of had like the client relationship down of like what you're supposed to do <laughs> this was like really more technical especially with like different bodies of water in this area I found it super helpful but you That's just so went rad. to a guide training right in Alaska yeah uh, yeah. yeah I went to the Kenai River uh so in order to get a license to guide or a permit to guide on the Kenai River you do need to go through the Kenai River guide class yeah. And it was cool. I, I loved it. I learned a lot um, and very informative. Um, you know, I've already been guiding four years, but I went to a class and it was specific about that river. And then also a lot of things like even just the, you know, putting you in front of the whole class to act like you're saying hi to your clients for the first time, which I do <laughs> all the time. It was like I actually learned something, certain things to say and mm -hmm. stuff. And so um, it was just kind of cool because you're getting a perspective. You know, it's 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 one of those things you're never too edu you never never know it uh, enough or, or 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 you're never like you know it all it's like i'm ready yeah. to be educated just even if it's a small thing like mm -hmm. did you bring sunglasses you know like right. i never yeah. asked that <laughs> I never, yeah something i assumed that they would have them and i'd have them in my boat but you know when you Yo, remember in, Sorry, remember Megan didn't have glasses and yeah. had some like extra pair and then yeah. you actually hit it like you hit like you would have hit her eye if I didn't I give her those sunglasses. That's so funny. I know she would have been like one eye down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how you bring up that you were guiding before was something that I had wanted to touch on. Like you had done river guiding, you had done other guiding mm -hmm. in the outdoor space. Um, that's actually something I think when guides want to get into it and go that direction, it's like, you do need to learn like kind of human interaction, <laughs> which is oh, important, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, why well, don't you it's just... like human interaction. Oh, sorry. It's like human interaction, but also how to take care of yourself. Like you can't respond to like any situation if you're not taking care of yourself. Like if you're sunburned and like tired and not <laughs> hydrated, yeah. like, you know, like you're not going to be able to look out for other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you did river guiding. Where did you do it at? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I did this in Coloma, California. So on the American River, mm -hmm. um, it was kind of like a response of like flipping over my desk, ripping off the suit jacket and quitting corporate. So <laughs> nice. I like had this like micromanager boss in Portland, Oregon. And I'm like, I'll do anything except like 
work for this woman, you know, and I had a friend who just bought a rafting company down in Coloma. And um, my friend was like, well, you can come be a river guide if you want. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking to do a guide school and I'm like, so terrified of water, like even kind of today. <laughs> I, I know that doesn't wow. make sense, but I yeah. know. And so I was so desperate to leave this like corporate job that I ended up like just quitting, selling everything, you know, everything that I owned. Like I had a really nice apartment in downtown Portland and um, I like got rid of everything. And I like the only things I owned was, you know, could fit in my um, 1997 Subaru Legacy. Or it was a 92. <laughs> it was a 92. Yeah. It was like the automated like car seats, you know, that was like lock whenever you close the door yeah. anyway her name was Dorothy and so <laughs> I just like drove down to California in that car and um slept, you know lived kind of this like river dirtbag lifestyle where my diet was PBR and uh sometimes a, a fancy <laughs> beer and at the Coloma club oh, you know, yes, and I love this. <laughs> have you been there before by no the way? no like, I... okay it's like a, it's like a little gold mining town you okay. know down in, like um it's I think the close I mean you're close like in Sacramento area it's close oh to Sacramento. I'm thinking of right now like I'm, I can't wait to google this place yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, just it's just is flooded in the summer with a bunch of like dirtbag river guides that mm-hmm. smell and are horny and are just <laughs> smashing beers left and right, and it was awesome. Uh, so that's so sick. It was like so. It was like a one eighty from like my lifestyle, like of you know, like riding my bike every day in a suit jacket and doing this corporate thing, you know, and living in this Portland lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, just like this complete different lifestyle. It was awesome. And, you know, it was like the worst and the best week of guide school of learning how to river guide and being terrified of whitewater. I think that's actually kind of what made me and motivated me to be a good guide mm-hmm. was I didn't want to swim <laughs> and I didn't want to have clients that were also potentially afraid of water right. to be put in that situation. And so I always kind of took a little more caution um, when it came to different lines and stuff. And it was so much fun. I had a blast and um, it was a really good experience of um, leaving this like managed, like executive management position. And then I felt like I learned so many different skills in whitewater guiding. Like I honed in like my communication skills. Like I actually had to be direct with people, (laughs) you know, I had to like (laughs) to be direct or else we'll die. Right. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. And that's a scary thing. Erica. I know. And I mean, like people management, like yeah. the whole thing. Like if you're not paddling together, then like that's a whole yeah. other mess. You had to like coach and train people. And like yeah. it was, I had a blast. It was so much fun. <laughs> that's so cool. And to leave that corporate to go to something that's even scary, you're scary of the element that you're going to yeah. go like guide on. And I think oh, yeah. that that talks a lot about a lot, a lot about your personality, Erica. Like you're down for the challenge, you know, you're down for taking that challenge on which dude honestly a lot of these people out here don't do it man and they don't and that's why i that's that's like the moment i met you i was like oh she's a badass she's sick (laughs) i might throw up before but i'm done like (laughs) i I will i will drop in proud like and whatever i i'm i'm i I can suck it up i can i can hang (laughs) no i think it's honorable and it's very inspirational and i think a lot of people who you know um are hesitant to 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 make that leap it's like to hear your story like dude you did it and you're (laughs) doing it right now yeah yeah i think like the takeaway after that week was like i didn't really have i didn't understand 
um, how to respect water and like how powerful it is, you know? And I think I didn't know how to read it. I didn't know how to work with it. I didn't know, um, you know, and so like I immersed myself in like, you know, swift water rescue courses and like just really learning because the American river, it's, it's a fun class three. And then there's mm. the, the middle section, which has like a five and a four. And it's in like the first time I ever went whitewater rafting was a class five. And I was, Holy I didn't shit. even, I didn't even know it. Like, Oh so, my God. <laughs> so, um, but just being able to do it and like come alive on the other side and be able to respond if I needed to. And mm-hmm. I've, I've been put into some like pretty fucked up situations situations um of rescue like being on the rescue side and um I feel a lot more confident in in that but obviously it's also a relationship with confidence because we're only in between swims and accidents because literally anything can happen anytime and yeah it really yeah. like sobered me up a little bit about like well I just did not have this understanding of like the force of mother nature and water and it's right. just so powerful and beautiful and so yeah that's cool yeah it is it's intense and I, 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 I'm sure you heard, I flipped or I not flipped my boat. No, I sunk I, my that, boat. Yeah. That I story was it. wild. <laughs> I sunk it. Wild. So, and I, and I had a respect for it, but it was definitely a, a, a rude awakening and, um, oh, yeah. you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's nothing to, nothing to fuck with when you're out mm-hmm. there on the water yeah. with people, especially people in your boat. And yeah, to take yep. that challenge on is, is not, um, uh, something to take lightly, you know, guiding fishing, on, on a river walking, waiting, it's definitely, it's hard, you know, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. You still have a lot of waiting. You gotta, you gotta make sure that they drink water, you know, and stuff like that. And that they, that they, you could get them out if something were to happen. And then adding that level of the boat, it's just another, it's another thing. And I was thinking about that right before you jumped on. And I was just like, dude, Erica's guide and she rose people down a river. I know guys <laughs> out here that guide and they won't even buy a boat because they're scared that you can back up a trailer. <laughs> like you're already like above that level of like badassery and like my homie erica backs up boats rose fools down the river like that's that's just it's a tale to, it just tells how you, you know who you are and it's awesome so oh thanks yeah i'm very sure. i'm very fortunate to be able to you know get a lot of support and not only like through instagram and social media and all these networks with consulting but also my guiding and mm-hmm. there was like a huge help and weight lifted via venmo when i bought my boat lucille <laughs> so <laughs> we, um yeah we we've been in a relationship for going on uh i guess i bought her at the end of um last season i believe or two seasons ago um and i didn't really get to get her out that much and last year had a blast it was so much fun and being able to take clients down is just a whole nother ball game because that's that's how i learned and i like providing that experience i think it's just so unique and different so right now you lucille's still buried in a ton of snow (laughs) but she's starting to hatch <laughs> she's she's uh, emerging <laughs> soon yes we'll be able to slowly but sure times yeah um i actually have lucille written down on this piece of paper right here <laughs> i said it says lucille boat <laughs> yeah uh so what is lucille what kind of boat is she She's a 13 and a half foot uh, Rocky Mountain raft with a fishing frame. So I think some fly fishing guide in uh, Montrose, which is about an hour and a half from here, bought it, kind of decked it out um, and then sold it to a couple here in Crested Butte. But they were more like whitewater people and they're like, maybe we'll get into fly fishing, but they never mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they 
kind of came to terms with that of like, yeah, we're not going to learn how to fly fish. So <laughs> <laughs> they put it up for sale and it was, it was meant to be. <laughs> uh, awesome. I've, I can't wait to, to uh, be in Lucille. Um, I haven't yet, but I hope that will occur soon. Um, yeah. I'm a new raft owner myself and I see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm it's, it's actually sold. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> little you were. Yeah. Little boo-boo lasted a uh, half of, well, almost a full season. Um, I loved her, but, um, I'm ready to upgrade to something that's better for guiding. Like um, another raft or another, drift another raft. Boo-boo. Um, little boo-boo ha- ha- is an older outcast 1300. It It's a great mm. boat, but you know, for back rowing and, and you know six days in a row it's just not that good i i got into an nrs otter um and it back rows a lot easier it's it's way easier to manipulate especially with two people in the boat and it, when i rode that otter i was like okay i love little boo-boo but if i'm gonna <laughs> guide like yeah five days six days like for physical yeah you know for fatigue and everything like i need to i need to get a better boat you know, mm, uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, little boo boo is perfect for the person that goes out, you know, once every week, once every two weeks, you mm-hmm. know, um, it's a perfect boat. So, uh, so she's gone little boo boo. And, um, I can't wait to meet Lucille and, you know, it's like, uh, it's so why do we name our boats female names? Why is that the thing? You know. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't think of that, but my name came from, I'm curious how you came up with little boo boo, but, um, with Lucille, I was kind of going through some different names and it was Patrick that the fly shop, right? Outfitting manager. He suggested um, something sentimental and mm-hmm. he was like, I named mine after my grandpa. And I was like, oh, I like that. And I ended up naming it after my grandma on my Aww. dad's side. So, what a beautiful um, name. Right? Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's just my grandma, Lucille, she just has this big personality. Um, she's really resilient and tough and like just a badass woman, you know, and like, mm-hmm. I really look up to her. And I was like, man, like, this is the relationship I want with like, the, that I ha- already have on the river. And I feel like I have those qualities in me. And I was just really excited to like, take that and like, kind of make it more sentimental and name her Lucille after my grandma. I love it. Awesome. Rad boat. What uh, kind of oars do you use? Uh, Sawyer, uh, they came there. They're, I want lighter ones. They're not super heavy, which I've had, oh my gosh, like ridiculously heavy ones, yeah, but yeah. I don't actually know the style. I just know that I want lighter ones. <laughs> uh, you should look into the ones that I have They're So they're Sawyers. Um, so I have, I have rode the, the square tops and then I have, oh, the, yeah, pole, square the tops. Pole, I have the pole cats. Um, the square tops are more preferred than the pole cats. The Sawyer Bandits are what you need to get a hundred and fifty percent. Sawyer Bandits are their answer to the 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 fly fishing guide. And if you look at the description of the oar, it actually says, "In I'm not trying to plug them or anything, but it's amazing. Order them today." I'm like 100%. looking it up right now. Get the Sawyer Bandits. <laughs> It'll save your life. Each oar weighs maybe three and a half four pounds. They're super light. They're made of carbon. And since I've gotten those, I got those. That was like one of the first upgrades I got on Lil Boo Boo. And um, um, also I have them for my uh, drift boat now. And game changer, game changer for for guiding fly fishing. Um, if I'm whitewater rafting, I'm throwing the white, the pole cats on, you know, heavier mm-hmm. or stout or. But when you're rowing, definitely get definitely get the bandits. They're they're sick. 
Oh, I have the square top Dino White ones. And okay. Yeah. Which, like yeah. I said, they're fine, but like I, I've had lighter ones, and I, I yep. know what. Yeah, I'll maybe check those out. So yeah, how did you come up with little boo boo? <laughs> little boo boo was uh okay. This is so weird. Okay, so when I look at rafts, I see like curves, <laughs> which remind me of like a bubble butt. <laughs> And I don't that call bubble serious. butts. I don't call bubble butts boo boo or anything, but <laughs> it's just like the boo boo. <laughs> I don't Sorry, know. Like the, it's like the boo boo or like the bubble butt, you know. And it was like boo boo. <laughs> so I, yeah, it was like oh, like there's like Kurt, like little boo boo. Like it was just it's just that. It, <laughs> that's the way I, <laughs> I got it. Because it, it's like when they're pumped up, they look so like voluptuous. <laughs> they look voluptuous. I can't even right now. <laughs> Are you and a it, butt guy? Oh my god, yes. 100%. Okay, that makes okay. This makes a lot more sense. Okay. Oh yeah, you met Megan. <laughs> so. <laughs> but I don't remember like checking that piece out of her. But I, oh god, I can't wait to tell her though that I said that. She's gonna be pumped. Um, now she'll maybe she'll listen to your podcast. It's so. a it's a subject of our town. Let's just say that. Oh my god, Megan and her many blessings. That's great. I love yes. that. I love that for both of you. Yes, thank. The, oh man, I am a blessed man. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, little boo boo, and I I guarantee it that my next boat is gonna be big boo boo. 100 percent. oh okay oh, yeah. what kind of what kind of size what kind of boat are you looking at i'm gonna did, get did the you... nrs otter oh. for sure otter dodger so. um how how big is it like it's 13 it's... foot nine inches and then it's six feet eight inches wide okay um, great yeah and then and I'm, I'm gonna go og blue for sure they had the, they had them white and they had them gray but i want yeah. blue. you know why just curious. i just it's just it's just like you know, when I think of a raft, I think of a blue raft, you know, it's okay. It's just That's like, oh, OG, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish it was olive colored, though. That would be dope. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting talking about colors. And, you know, I mentioned that I spray painted my rod holders bright pink, but I was really kind of conscious. Like, it was actually my dad's idea to do that. He's the one that, like, brought the paint and put the thing on, you know, like the the PVC pipes and all that to yeah. help. And I was really nervous. And like, I really had to take a moment of like, should I let him spray paint this? Because mm -hmm. um, when I was looking at rafts, especially Rocky Mountain Raft, the brand has like beautiful colors, you know, mm -hmm. like they have pink, they have purple, like greens and teals and all this stuff. And so I kind of was hesitant to go out on a limb of something bright because I don't want to be recognizable because of potential like vandalism or animosity and just totally. things that I've experienced in the back in like before, you know, yes. and like, I it was just like, do I want a bigger target on my back, oh, you know, God. especially when it's like time to run shuttle, you know? Yeah. And so it does make me nervous, but I kind of decided to lean into it with the yeah. pink. That was kind of my like, okay, like I'm here. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. And, you know, it's like, you, I, I feel you though. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have a taco sticker on my truck and sometimes when it's parked at a, at a parking lot, I'm scared, yeah. man. Like, cause I yeah. know I got, I got enemies out there. So. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> the first time I fished with, maybe I won't name them, but it was somebody from Brown folks fishing. Like, that, I didn't even think about that. Like we were um, at a popular fishing spot and they ended up parking next to somebody with a ton of stickers. And I was like, Oh, why don't you have stickers all over your car? 
And they're like, I don't want that target on my back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't want people recognizing my, my car. And I was like, yeah. I actually, you know, like, wow, that's actually real. Cause we mm-hmm. do get oh, a lot yeah. of hate sometimes, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. especially with like territory, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. Yeah. Even just what we stand for, you know, even mm-hmm. just oh, what for we sure. say, it's it. And I think, I don't think that some people even understand that, you know, they don't oh, even sure. get that, that that's actually a thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But yep. yeah, I'm glad you stuck with that. And plus pink's tight. I love pink. <laughs> I'm down my favorite for color. <laughs> that's sick. I, Hot pink's my favorite color. Oh, I was rocking a pink taco shirt for years. I actually still have it in my drawer. So I'm, I'm about, I'm all about the, I mean, yeah, look at bust it. Out. the pink flag. I know that's it. That's the color right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep, when they, that's my favorite she, she color. It has like a blue one and a, and a, and a black one. And I was like, I'm getting the pink one for sure. Oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so what, what up in Crested Butte, which I've been to you, I, I went with Jimmy and we had an amazing time for my birthday, which was really special mm-hmm. so for the mm-hmm. listeners that are, are don't know. I, I did go to Crested Butte and hang out with Erica with my best, my best bud, Jimmy. And we had a blast and it was my birthday. We had so much fun. You took me out. We went to your stomping grounds. You <laughs> seem to know some people and, and, and it was <laughs> awesome. I had a great time. I love Crested Butte. Um, as I, I think I would only like to go there, obviously, because you're living there. <laughs> <laughs> I could never see myself going there, like for a what? maybe, what? maybe, uh, obviously, because you're there. But um, what's your favorite water? Uh, like, you don't have to say a secret river or any secret spot, but in the area, where's the spot? Like, when you need to let go and things, you got to just you know get stuff off your mind, and, and you just got the spot. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your what's yeah. your watershed? You know, I love this question because I don't have a direct answer in the way that I want it. And it's not any secret. (laughs) It's, um, I, it just depends on my mood. Uh, there are, I have access within five minutes where I live. And so I can go to the East river. I can go to the Slate river, um, catch some really beautiful brook trout. There's sometimes a really awesome, like a good cutthroat that I can catch and the views are amazing. And at sunset is just awesome. So if I may be having a wait, like a late work day or something, you know, and I just need to get out, that's probably somewhere I would go. Um, or if I'm lazy, <laughs> you know, and I don't need waiters or anything and it's like really shallow and really easy waiting. And it's just so much fun. Um, I would say the East or the Slate river and Further down river of those two, the East River um, is near a hatchery. And so that's always kind of fun to like figure out because they constantly like are doing construction, <laughs> which kind of maybe fucks up some hatches. But like mm-hmm. there's also they just did a kokanee fry release last night. And so um they go down to the Gunnison um Blue Mesa Reservoir and then they make their way back up in the fall to spawn and it's i don't know it's just fun to be able to like explore different areas and then you know there's the taylor river which is different sections if you go all the way up um to the catch and release below the dam there's some giant trout there like some really yeah it's uh there's some really thick trout too and i think it's like a challenge because you have to go super tiny like 26 and Mm -hmm. really technical and it's super fun and then the rest of the taylor is a little bit different smaller fish you can actually catch some really big fish like with some hoppers in the summer but it's pretty technical i wouldn't take um really a beginner on that section of water um but it's it's pretty fun to experience i have actually and they've had success um but it is it can be a little frustrating sometimes and then the tailor meets the 
the East River that then turns into the Gunnison River. And so the Gunnison is obviously great for float fishing. So mm -hmm. if I have a full day, right, yep. to just kind of fuck around, like absolutely do that. There's also different sections of the Gunnison. You know, there's like some some good whitewater, some good rapids, some good wading. And then there's also like a pretty long, wide, lazy section that then mm -hmm. flows into the Blue Mesa Reservoir. So, um, and then there's a lot of spring creeks. Like um, there's actually Spring Creek. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Tochitopa, which is really amazing, which is where I love taking full day first time clients. It's it's not only beautiful, but I've had, um, I'm not going to say the number, but a lot of fish caught in a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's super fun. And just like this wide meandering, awesome river where like every turn is just like stocked full of fish and it's so beautiful. So it really just, like I said, it just kind of wakes yeah, up and cool. how much time do I have? How much yeah. do I want to drive? Like, am I going to eat a big breakfast or am I going to pack a lunch? <laughs> right. So it's like, what do I want that's for so my cool. day? <laughs> yeah. I, that's, so. that's amazing to have that around in, um, you know, I'm jealous. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I have a lot around me, yeah. which is cool and plumis. And, you know, I do have to put in work to get to other spots, like drive some, um, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's so cool to, 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 to have that response is like, what's your favorite? And it's like, well, there's a ton, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot of cool. options and I'm that's, this is what keeps me here. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a small town, you know, the population's like 1800, uh, <laughs> it's everyone knows everybody. Right. And yeah. like you were saying, running into a few people that knew me, like, yeah, if you ever come to Crested Butte, you probably will run into me. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's happened before, actually. Um, really? I was in a fly shop. Yeah, some guy was like, are you awkward? That's and actually cool. my buddy Mason like kind of hates it. He's like, oh God, like here we go again. <laughs> but because uh, it's so small, like you'll definitely run into me. Um, and it's just, this. it's what keeps me here. One, I love rural living, but at the same time, the options of fly fishing are just oh, it's so incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's such a beautiful place. That, oh, that yeah. place is oh, just, and, oh man. And then in the crazy. summer, there's Taylor Creek, which is above Taylor Reservoir, which is such a gem. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Cool. And then there's a ton of creeks up there too. So <laughs> yeah, one of, one of these years, I'm, I want to definitely get Megs out there and we'll yeah. come and, and, and spend a little bit more time. We've talked about it plenty of times. Um, this year probably won't work out because I'm going to be bouncing out. But uh, yeah, we, we definitely want to come out, even if it was like fall or something before the snow comes. Um, well, she can always come out without you. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> She, I was just telling her too. I'm like, I, I just, we haven't even started the podcast and Erica's on and I'm already really stoked. She's like, Oh, I miss her. You know? Aww. So we had so much fun when you came out and you guys bonded, which was yeah. great. Um, so really great. I wanted to actually kind of end the podcast on a few questions that I think that are sure. for things that I don't know about you and things that I, I, I think that, um, I think that are important for, for, for me to know going forward. What's your favorite taco? Do you like tacos? Oh my God. I was preparing for this question, which I thought you were going to lead with. And <laughs> do you even like them? <laughs> it's okay. You can say no. All right. Yo, let me be honest. Let me be honest. Go okay. ahead. Be honest. That's this why I love you. <laughs> okay. So, um, I grew up in New Mexico mm -hmm. where we eat New Mexican food. You mm -hmm. know, it's not Mexican and I'm also Navajo and there's a thing I grew up on with Navajo tacos, which is fry bread, you know, mm. maybe ground beef. Oh my beef gosh. And yes. Yes. Mm. Lettuce and cheese and mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Right. 
Okay, so we're there. Okay, you're with me a little bit? Yes, yes, 100%. And then, like, for example, like, take a burrito, which I know is not a taco, but, you know, um, where I, like, New Mexican style is, like, smothered. You know, it's, like, big, it's giant. There's also hatch green chili, not just Mm. any green chili, but hatch green chili that's smothered, right? And it melts with cheese. And so the first time I remember when I was, like, growing up in the world and like I saw somebody eating like a burrito like with their hand mm-hmm. and I was like that's naked like who does that that just looks so <laughs> funny and you know same thing with like tacos like <clears throat> I mean I guess I'm more of like an enchilada person growing up because it's similar of like smothering it's all just smothered right right and so also different flavors like New Mexican food has like indigenous influence spanish mexican you know it's just like a like a combination of all and you know moving away from new mexico is a big culture shock when it came to like mexican food because you know you go down to mexican that's not like or mexico that's like not what they're eating and yeah anyway so i've kind of had this weird relationship with mexican food and i kind of swore it off a little bit and it's never my first choice Mm -hmm. and given where i've lived which is like the pacific northwest you know and and now here in rural Colorado and I've lived in rural Wyoming I really haven't had access to like great taco joints or even Mm -hmm. great Mexican food um and so I I typically stay away so yeah I do also want to kind of come out maybe here now that my um I'm actually I don't know if I should say this ah my access to taco is is Taco Bell (laughs) (laughs) So, like, but I were like out like in a late night, especially out with Mason after like full day of fishing, drinking it all day on the boat, yeah. and then we come out to drink, and then like the next day, we're both like, "You want to go to Gunnison and go to Taco Bell?" Or like if we're fishing down in Gunnison, we're like, "Okay, we're going to Taco Bell," you know, and like. Yeah. And like, I have to like, it's also like kind of this game that we play of like ordering down in Gunnison and can we actually make it home to shit right in time? Like before it hits, <laughs> you know, over like, or sometimes on like another night, I'll like take an edible to like, see like if it hits me when I actually get the munchies when I get home and then I can like take my pants off and have like a full, like light some candles and enjoy my Taco Bell, you know, with like a side of Pepto. Um, I love it. And if I'm feeling really fancy, I'll get like the Baja Blast and like put in a champagne flute, you know? <laughs> and so with like a side of Imodium for the next day. Yes. Oh, best answer ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not sorry, but that's. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. I love it. You are a legend. <laughs> so amazing. I um actually will agree. I do like a ta- nasty Taco Bell taco every once in a while hey yeah there you <laughs> yes. go. so um i'm all about it in the in the time of need and the <laughs> the um aftermath ensues <laughs> you gotta plan for that shit like literally <laughs> literally <laughs> so funny oh god well i'm i'm down and when i come visit you next time we are gonna go get taco bell together um <laughs> yes. and i uh have to say i i had my first really amazing Indian taco. We were um, fishing the Deschutes with Cher and Jeff Kelly. 
and mm. uh she oh made, Cher makes great yeah, fried rice. She made oh, oh my, my god. god. I I ate two. Yo. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh cow, yeah. Dude. So yeah. Um, yeah. She makes amazing fried bread. That's the best person yeah. to have in there. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's also like a controversy that in like man. native culture of like calling it an Indian taco versus Navajo taco. It's Navajo, Navajo taco. taco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but at the same time, like educated. Many, I'm educated like, now. I mean, no, there's many tribes <laughs> that also make it as well. And yes. like, that's why they now like officially Indian taco, but whatever. I still call it now. Okay, cool. All right. Um, <laughs> so wait, so did the Navajo taco, like the fry bread with the stack and everything start in, in I mean, Mexico? so, okay. Actually, if, Fry bread is like an interesting story because it's not actually like um, traditionally cultural, like a, a traditionally like a, a traditional food. There we go. It's not mm-hmm. a traditional food. Um, it became one due to like the oppression of like whenever. So like the U.S. government basically like shoved native people off their lands and put them on reservations Mm -hmm. and then they were given rations of food and that were distributed and still it's still have it's still a program where they're distributed food like monthly or maybe it's uh, twice a month i'm not sure but usually like the beginning of the month but it's like commodity cheese and like canned food um some cereals and um part of that kit was like baking soda salt and flour and so out of this like oppression when you're living in an area that can't grow anything like crops or you know it's like you're in a barren land like basically Mm -hmm. left to die and you're given these rations by the u.s government so fry bread kind of came out of that era of putting together those three ingredients and so oh wow um yeah which is the baking soda salt and flour and you know with and when you want it to rise there's also like yeast and stuff that you can add but um that's kind of how that kind of came around <laughs> wow cool thanks for so, i didn't know that yeah. i haven't really educated myself on that yet and yet they are some of my favorite tacos um, oh yeah they're so good yeah amazing <laughs> i'm i'm seriously like i've been salivating at the mouth the minute you said taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god that's so funny. <laughs> um, so I, you know, be it that uh, you and I, when we get together, we have fun. We like to go out. We've we drink beers. We're laughing. Um, when, <laughs> dude, when we went to that bar out here at Lake Almanor, oh my god, how fun was that? <laughs> That was that really was fun. so fun. So, but I was like, you know, with the question- pie for breakfast too. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. If you had one drink to define Erica, like one drink that was like my, I, I feel like like means mine is simple. Like mine is a is a special beer that defines me. You know, like it's just like my thing. But if you had one drink to define Erica, what would it be? I mean, it's probably just the okay. I haven't really thought this through, but my first inclination in thought is a Manhattan. I love mm-hmm. a good Manhattan, um, I and I like it different ways. Like I like it on a big rock, um, you know, but I also like it up, up, like in a martini glass. I actually just bought these fancy new glasses for mm-hmm. for that occasion, and that's probably like my my go to drink. I love a good, um, you know, rye. Um, and I like vermouth. I have actually been doing a lot of research on vermouth lately. Oh, wow. <laughs> and how you're actually supposed to refrigerate it. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> like, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, and it has a shelf life. So like looking at different like vermouth, like sweet vermouths, um, you know, some orange bitters. And I don't know. It's just kind of like a simple like you stir it and um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, just like the presentation. I think I just like to present myself well. Nice. <laughs> I, I like to. that. But I it's actually, also really strong. Hey. That, yes. <laughs> yes. It's so weird, Erica. I swear I was thinking that in my head. I was like, <laughs> a Manhattan reminds me of Erica for some reason. And some yeah. really good, like, soaked cherries, like, that have been soaked in, like, bourbon or something. Yeah, you yeah. Know, Sweet, like, but it'll mm-hmm. fuck you up. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yes. <laughs> That's me. Oh man, I can't wait to see you again. I miss you so much. Um what's what's your next trip? Where you going anywhere special? You travel a lot, you've been a lot of places. What's coming up? You know, like I, you know, this time last year I was probably like on my 25th flight, right? And like I haven't been anywhere this year and it's been I mean, well, besides <laughs> doing radiation in Denver, but, uh, (laughs) um, I'm so this weekend I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Albuquerque to go to like the North America's largest, like powwow it's -hmm. called gathering of the nations. And so all these different tribes from all over the world basically come together for this like huge powwow. And I'm really excited to one, have like Indian tacos slash Navajo tacos and, (laughs) and spend time with my dad and kind of be immersed in my culture and, um, but after that, I'm, I've been training and looking forward to, um, rafting the Grand Canyon. So oh, that's happening, yeah. um, mid-May I'm leaving May 16th, um, for a 16 day trip. And mm-hmm. it's about eight people, I think total. And, um, man, I've been once and I'm really looking forward to going again. You know, there's a lot of sacred, um, areas of like the Hopi, the Zuni and the Navajo tribe and, you know, the birth, I'm just so excited to like, again, be culturally immersed in, in like native lands and plus like big water, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, chasing that, like, um, yeah, big white water. <laughs> That's so rad. Uh, that sounds like mm-hmm. an awesome trip. And, you know, you mentioned radiation and it's like something I didn't want to necessarily bring up or anything, but I just want to tell you like your inspiration, you're the best. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. You've, in, in it's like, really is what you've been through and over the past year and you still have this stoke and you see these things and you, <laughs> what's so rad too is you're like open about your feelings and i think that that says a lot to a lot of people and yeah you know, i think it's important thank you yeah for sure yeah thank you i appreciate that and i've learned like resilience and optimism optimism is my strength and mm-hmm. I mean, there's always somebody that can connect to your story, especially like when you're on my podcast, you know, there's like Mm. so many people that just don't talk about these things. And, you know, our society is so trained to not honor our grief and right. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> I've had a fucked up year. <laughs> and you're and you're and, yes, and you've stayed strong and you have built such a great like supporting cast around you and people who got your back and stuff and your story. And... Yeah. That's been very evident and just thank you. And yeah, yeah like it's been amazing to figure that out, you know, especially yeah. before, before you die, right. Of like, <laughs> yeah. uh, the community that I've built and the work that I done, cause sometimes I'm so oblivious to that and it's just so easily lost and it's been very apparent in my face of the support I have. So thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Hell yeah. And I can't wait till we fish together. And I really hope it's like somewhere we both have never been. Let's just try to see if we can make that happen. That Absolutely. Be I'd be stoked. Yep. And I want course, to do the Trinity, like oh, yes. the whitewater yes. section. Yeah. Like, yeah. I Yeah. I've been wanting to take a good caster, like a good angler down the upper tailor. Like, um, I really want to get into that because it's fast, but you need an accurate person to get in that. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. We should 
try to do that something where you know we get to get some scarier water and um i don't know a lot Mm -hmm. of people who could row that stuff and you can so (laughs) i got you (laughs) and i'd be stoked um well thank you so much for being on the episode i really i really just just don't it's like number one we we haven't got to catch up in a while and honored you got to share a lot of your story today so people uh awkward awkward angler erica nelson you can check out her podcast again i'll put the links uh to her podcast in the show notes check her out on instagram is there any other thing like you want to plug before we say goodbye uh about you or I mean, I thought you wanted to talk about old men, but you know. Oh yes. I was plugging about I was single. No, I'm just kidding. Holy shit! I almost just fell out of my <laughs> Sorry, seat. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> if are you still single? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You said me. Like, I'm oh, like that's part of my forever identity. I, I know even when I'm not. Yes. <laughs> Don't you worry about me. <laughs> but yes, always. <laughs> Um, yes. So <laughs> if you are wise and single and gray <laughs> and, and 55 plus <laughs> and like to have fun, you hit and up my home Yes. And don't fly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's a rule. <laughs> Probably the worst podcast like to announce this on, but <laughs> I love it. No, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> Well, I love you, and it's so good to hear from you and catch up with you. I hope you're doing great, and uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, Etika. <laughs> <laughs>